Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. They were fasting, wearing sackcloth, and put dust on their heads. Now, what's, what's going on? If you weren't here, please let me just tell you. Uh, the reason they're wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads, sackcloth was a very coarse material um, that they would put on and then put dust on their head when they were in a time of deep sorrow and mourning. Okay, So this was their tradition. When they were in this time of sorrow and mourning, they would go put on these rough clothes to remind themselves of how abrasive sin is. And then they would put dust on their heads to remind them from whence they came from. Okay? And so this was their outward expression of deep sorrow and remorse. So here they are in this position of deep sorrow and remorse. Verse 2. Those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners. Highlight that in your Bible, whether it's digital or paper. Just highlight that. We're going to come back to that. And they stood and confessed their sins and guilt of their fathers. Notice now they're not just confessing their sin, the stuff that they were actively involved in, but they are going back even further to really deal with the root and acknowledge that the reason they're in the position they're in to start with was because of sin of their fathers. Okay? So they start to confess the guilt of their fathers. Verse 3. And while they stood in their places, they read from the book of the law. Okay? We now know that as the first five books of the Bible. They just knew it as the law. Okay? So in other words, in, in our terminology, they were reading the Bible. Okay? They were hearing the word of God. Now look what happens when they begin to read and they begin to hear their Bible. The book of the law of the Lord their God. For a fourth of the day and spent another fourth of the day in confession and worship to the Lord their God. Wow. Think about that for a moment. Now, if you go by the Jewish day, this was three hours, not six like we know, but it was three hours of, of reading the Bible and then three hours of confessing their sin and worshiping. How many know that's a lot of sin? Right there, right? Three hours. Now, some of you probably need to do that. Come on, somebody. Some of you might only take three minutes, okay? But here's what, here's what instigated that. What instigated this whole thought of their repentance was they were reading the Word. Because when you begin to get into the Word of God, you begin to see how debased we are as humans and how much of a need we have for a Savior. And so because of that, they came confessing their sins. And then their confession turned to worship because the natural outflow or overflow of a right heart is worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Nehemiah said, man, we're going to be back in ruins unless we address the heart and go after the root. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that Lord, you would speak to us, that you would teach us, that you would instruct us, that you would challenge us, and that you would even correct us. That we would walk out of this place never the same. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I, I, I came from Seattle, Washington before I, I moved to the God's promised land. Come on, somebody. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did not, I, I did not move here for uh, climactic changes. Some people move here and they're like, you can't feel the seasons. And I'm like, welcome to San Diego. Why did you move here? Right? It's like, I don't want the seasons. I want sun. 
right? I want summer all year long. Okay, so I got to be honest with you, uh, over the last couple of weeks with all this rain, I've been twitching a little bit, right? I've been having flashbacks of Seattle. It's hard, okay? I've been thinking, like, what in the world's going on? Did, like, the, did, like, the polls reverse and now San Diego's becoming Seattle? God help us. It's been raining a lot, you know, yards are flooding, roofs are leaking, and I didn't put two and two together too quickly, but the other day I walked into the kitchen early in the morning, and I walked in, and, and I stepped in something wet, and I'm like, what in the world is that? And then I went about my business, I came back over, and there's water there, and I'm like, first I thought maybe the dog did his thing, but I was like, man, what is going on? Like, and so I wiped it all up, didn't think much about it, and then like a couple hours later, I come back, and the puddle is there again, and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, where is this water coming from? Like, I literally am like, what in the world's happening? So I clean it up. About three hours go by. All of a sudden, my wife walks in. She goes, Ben, do you know what this puddle is on the ground? I'm like, what? I've cleaned it twice. What's going on? And so I come over there. And I'm completely perplexed. And it's, it's, it's like in the kitchen. And so I, I'm thinking, man, what's going on? So she goes, do you think the roof's leaking? And I'm like, I've looked. I don't think it is. And so we stood there for about three minutes just staring. Right? You ever done that before? I'm going to find out what's going on. And we stood there, and all of a sudden, out of one of the light sockets, I'm like, babe, reach up there and unplug that. I don't want to get electrocuted. <laughs> Here, I'll get the ladder for you, babe, right? And I'm like, it's leaking. So literally, I pulled down the light, and sure enough, there's water dripping, okay? So I, I did what any good person would do. I, I, I went and got a bucket and let it drip. Come on, somebody. Right? <laughs> and that thing continued to drip into that bucket and drip into that bucket. And, and literally for the entire day, this was us in the kitchen. Walking around the bucket. It's, it's dripping. Well, yeah, what are you going to do about it, right? So then finally my daughters and my wife need to go run an errand. So I thought, you know what, I should probably go find out why it's leaking. Ding, 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 right? So I go up to my, you know, kind of the area it's at. I go in my daughter's uh, room and I open up her, her doors onto her, her deck. And so sure enough, there's a massive puddle of water on her deck. Leaves were all, all piled up there and they were blocking the, the downspout, the drainage right there. I was like, well, there's the problem. Okay. But you know what I did next? I dealt with the issue. I cleared out the leaves and I pushed the water down the thing. And then I got a big blower and dried that thing off. And guess what? It stopped leaking. Let's just all bow our heads and close our eyes right now and pray. It stopped leaking. Why did it stop leaking? Here's why it stopped leaking. It stopped leaking because I addressed the issue. You know what? The enemy is a lot like that leaky roof. The enemy, here's why it was leaking through the light bulb or the, the light socket. Because it found its easiest path of least resistance and then it began to come through. And the enemy is just like that. He will find a way to get in your life. He will find the path of least resistance. Now, you, you might find out that, that, you know, like, man, why is, you know, why am I having a problem with alcohol? And all of a sudden you find out that, oh, your parents had a problem with alcohol. Your grandparents had a problem with alcohol. You might find out you have a, a problem with morality. And all of a sudden you find out that your parents had a problem with morality. And you, your grandparents, what's happening? Let me tell you what's happening. Here's what's happening in your life. The enemy is finding the path of least resistance and is beginning to attack you in that area. But you have a choice to make. 
You could either be like me for the first half of the day and just wipe up the mess and then come back and guess what? It's in a mess again. And then come back and guess what? It's in a mess again. But let me tell you something. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for you so that you could go around cleaning up messes all the rest of your days. He died on the cross for you so that you can find complete and entire and a total freedom in Jesus' name. But here's the deal. You have to go and you have to discover why it is leaking in the first place. Some of us, you know what we do? We get tired of cleaning up the mess, and so we make provisions for the mess. Oh. We go get a bucket. Tired of cleaning up that mess, so I'm going to make a provision for it. And so we go get something because, you know what, it's a lot of work to continue to clean it up. This is less work. This way I can just dump the bucket and put it back there. Mm. Temporary fixes in our life, temporary fixes in our life. We just, you know, we'll, we'll be content with the drip. We'll just, we'll just get something in there real quick. Make a provision for it. Am I preaching truth this morning? Because you know what? I got to be honest with you. It was pouring down rain when I went out on that deck. And those leaves were nasty. And getting all that water down the drain... I came back in and I was soaked. It was a lot of work. But you know what? It stopped leaking. See, if we want to stop the messes in our life, what did Galatians 5.1 say? Hey, Jesus has set you free. Now make sure you stay free. But you know what? Sometimes it's a lot of work to stay free, isn't it? It's a lot of work to stay free. Nehemiah was not happy with the mess any longer. Nehemiah was not happy with the fact that he had to spend time rebuilding. He did it, got it done, and then he says, we're gonna go after the root. We are gonna go after the root problem, the root issue, we're gonna deal with this so we don't have to rebuild again. And you know what? If we would take the message of Nehemiah today and we would apply it to our life, you would not have to go around continually cleaning up your marriage, continually cleaning up that area of your life, continually cleaning up that area of your life. No, you can experience true freedom in Christ Jesus. If you would just grab hold of what we're talking about through the next several weeks and you would apply it to your life, you will find absolute freedom in Jesus' mighty name and not have to spend the rest of your days cleaning up messes. This is a good message. Nehemiah says, guys, we're going to address the issues. I want to just, we're probably not going to get through the notes again today. I apologize. No, no, it's not. I just, because I got about another hour to preach. Is that cool with everybody? It's not your fault. That was important. Um, some of you are like this. I got to get those blanks filled in. You need freedom from... <laughs> I, I, I love what, what they did. Last week, we addressed the heart. The majority of the issues that we face and go through go back to a heart issue. 
But there's something in here that right after they recognize the heart issue and they deal with that and they confess, there's something in the process here we've got to take note of. I briefly mentioned it last week, but I want to bring it back to our attention today. Because after they put on the sackcloth, after they put dust on their heads to show their deep remorse and their sorrow, which was a heart thing, and then they, they would go on to spend hours in confession of sin. Look at what it says. It says this. In verse 2, those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners. Those that were God's people, God's chosen people, before they went and read the word and got into that deep confessional moment, look at what they did. They separated themselves from those that did not have the same DNA did not have the same belief system, did not have the same way of doing something. They separated themselves. The word is debal, and it means to literally, here's what it means. The word is debal, let me find it here in my notes. It means to divide, separate, or sever. Before they, they, they go to the next level, there had to be a debauch. There had to be a severing. There had to be a removal of themselves from this. Because you know what? I believe that the reason why some of us have that continual drip in our life is because we haven't made some separations. We haven't made some separations. Do you know what the, the word church is the, the word ecclesia. That's it. You the church. You and I. We're, we're the church. This theater, not the church. Okay? You are the church. And this is the definition of the church. It's ecclesia. It literally means separated ones. Called out ones. It's a, it's a community of people separated or called out. This is you and I. We, we're separated. Now listen to me. We're not saying we're better than. It's just that we understand that when we've come into the kingdom of God, that life is different. And we are now the church. And we are now separated out. We are now called out. We are now positioned differently. Why is this so important? This is so important to understand because now for 85 years, they have been cohabitating with foreigners. In other words, of 85 years, listen, I've been married for 20 years this year. 20 magnificent years. My wife might have a different opinion, but in my opinion, they've been magnificent. And you know what? I've picked up a lot of her mannerisms. But in turn, she's picked up a lot of mine. You hang out with her, you'll see her. Was that you or Ben talking? Right? I'll be honest, I've learned to be more understanding, patient, and gracious because of my wife. Thank you. That should have been a big amen right there. Right? If you've known me for a long time, that should have been an amen. Right? But in turn, she's learned to be more stern. Like when I see it come out of her, I'm like, hello, Gina. Like, her name's not Gina, it's Katie. It's just an inside joke. Listen, the reason they had to separate is because now it was too difficult to tell 
what are we to do? Who are we to be? Who are we called to be? How are we called to live? So they had to separate out. And then they went back to the Bible. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. You know what? If we're not careful, that same thing will creep into the church today. Let me rephrase that. Because we haven't been careful, the same thing has creeped into the church today. We don't know what's verse and what's just good ideas. We don't know what's truth or just man's wisdom. It kind of just all blends together. I could probably give you a fake name of a, of a Bible book right now, and you'd be like, oh, I've read that one. Hezekiah Walker 7-11. Oh, you read that one too? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Thou shalt slurpy down. Okay, so, um, did you get that 7-Eleven? Um, some of you a little slow, John, not going to mention any names. Um, and so they had to separate. When you become a part of, of the church of Jesus Christ, there is a separation. Now listen to me. I'm not talking about not befriending people. Let's not get weird. I'm not talking about not hanging out with people. I'm talking about you. You are different because the grace of God is on your life and therefore you live your life differently. Pastor's preaching good today. We live differently because we called out. We're separated and they separated themselves. And I believe that when God is getting ready to take us to the next level, not only does he introduce new relationships to us, like Nehemiah coming to Jerusalem, but when God is getting ready to take us to the next level, as God is getting ready to create greater freedom in your life in 2017, there's going to be some separations. There's going to be some things that we just got to be like, you know what? I love, I love the way Peter, the apostle, puts it. In the New Testament, in 2 Peter 1.9, he says, hey guys, he's writing to the church in Asia Minor. He says, hey guys, listen up. You need to remember something. You need to remember who you are. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, God's own special people. Why? So that you can proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen? This is, this is the way the Apostle Peter puts it. Guys, remember, church, remember your chosen generation. That word chosen means to be picked out from amongst a larger group of people for a special purpose and privilege. Wow. I want to be chosen. You are. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Chosen. We're picked out. We're separate. Listen to me. Peter knew something. Peter understood something about being chosen. Peter understood what it was to be separated from. Peter knew this. He, he, he was writing from a place of, I understand what it's like. I understand what, I understand it. Because Peter was the one that denied Jesus. He was the one, the Bible said, that followed Jesus from a distance. As he was being led away to go to the cross. If you read the, 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 the Gospels, you see that Peter was watching. All of a sudden, someone calls him out and says, Hey, are, are, are you one of his? Don't you belong to John? No, 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 not me. Three times this happens. 
And three times Peter denies it. But the reason people recognized him is because when you are a part of the kingdom of God, you are marked and you look different and therefore you act different, you live different because you is different. Separated. They separated themselves from that culture. They separated themselves from all foreigners. And I believe that for many of us to experience the great freedom that God has in our life, there's got to be a separation. God is getting ready to move you to a new place of freedom. Separation. I remember, I remember a wise, and I'll close with this. I remember a wise. Some of you want the blanks, huh? I might just save that for a message for next week. Remember a wise preacher I was listening to one time. He says, you got to recognize the relationships that are in your life. You got to understand who it is you're running with. He says there's three, three kind of relationships that you have in your life. And I just want to give these to you because I believe it's going to help somebody get free today. Three kind of people that you'll find in your life. The first ones are called constituents. Constituents. These are people that are into you. These are people that care about you. These are people that have your back. These are the people that if, if you did something dumb and went to prison, come on, somebody, they're still going to be your friend. Right? These constituents, they are into you. They don't even care like what you're for, what you're not for, what you're about. They just, man, they are, they are there for you. These people are into you. Is your constituents, man, they, they care about you deeply. They care about you so much that they'll actually call you out in areas that you're wrong. They'll actually, they'll actually take time to invest in you and say, hey, you know what? That, 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 that thing going on in your life right now, that's sin. Now, as much as we hate being called out like that, anybody hate that? Okay. I guess I'm the only one. Much as we hate being called out like that, those type of people are the people that God uses to take us to the next level of freedom. Because you know what? We all got blind spots. We all got areas in our life. And sometimes, yes, it's even sin. And we, we don't even recognize it as sin. Someone comes along and says, you know what, man, you got some stuff going on in your life. And I love you enough and I care about you enough to say, hey, this has got, this has got to stop. These people are, are for you. They're into you. Man, they love you. They care about you. I, I value these people in my life. These are the kind of people, man, because doesn't the Bible say in Hebrews that, 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 that whom the Lord loves, he chastens, he corrects, and no correction is fun at the moment, but yet it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So if you're sitting here today like, man, pastor's kind of beating me up the last two weeks. It's kind of been a little, I love you. I'm smiling. I care about you. Know that. I know it's uncomfortable, but it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And that's the fun part, right? That's, that's what they experienced in Nehemiah chapter 9. They experienced freedom when they confessed their sins. Thank God for a Nehemiah that said, hey guys, we rebuilt that, but we're not done. You got sin in your heart. And we're going to confess it publicly. And then the outflow of freedom that was there. That's so powerful. So powerful. 
You need to surround yourself. Now listen to me once again. I'm not talking about people that just dress like you, think like you, talk like you. Matter of fact, you should surround yourself with people that do think a little different. Okay? I'm talking about character. I'm talking about these people have enough character to say, man, I got your back. And I'm, 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 I'm going to challenge you. And I'm going to call you out because I want freedom in your life. I want freedom in your life. I want freedom in your life. And so we have, we have these, these, these people, these constituents. Without, here's, the, here's the reality. Without them, you'll never get to the next level. You'll never get to the next place of freedom. Listen to me. That's, that's how we grow. That's why the Bible says as iron sharpens iron. Okay? The only way, if you study that scripture out, the only way a metal can get stronger or sharper is by rubbing up against a metal that's stronger than it. That's why when you're cutting that tomato, the knife's getting dull. Because it's going against something that's dull. And if all you do is surround yourself with people that are on the same level as you, that are in the same place as you, that never challenge you, you will never become sharper. That's Bible. you got to surround yourself with people that, listen, and if all you ever do, man, is just pour into people but have no one pouring into you, that is a bad scenario. If you never receive correction and all you ever do is give correction, you are on a downward spiral. You've got to position yourself around people that will love you enough to speak into your life. You've got to have a Jonathan, like, like David and Jonathan. You've never heard the story. You've got to have a Jonathan that's on the inside of the kingdom, that's on the inside of the wall, even though you're a David dwelling on the outside in order to get to the kingdom, in order to get to the place that God has for you. You've got to have some people. These are your constituents. These are people that you want to be around. Is somebody getting some out of this this morning? The, the, other, the other type of people that you have in your life is listening to this minister is your constituents. Your constituents. These are people that they are not for you. They are just into whatever you're in. They're just into whatever you're in. They're not for you. They're for what you're for. So if you, if you got something that, 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 that tickles them and they like that, man, they're going to be right there with you. They're going to be, man, this is great. Let's do this thing, right? There's a place for me and a position for me. There's something, I'm, I'm there. These are people that they don't, they're not really there for you. They're there because of something you're for. Now here's the problem. And here's where offense and bitterness sets in. This is actually one of the roots that we're going to address next week. This is where offense and bitterness sets in because we don't understand the people that are in our life. Now listen to me. This does not mean they're bad people. It means they're there for a season and then they're gone. But if you don't understand the different types of people in your life, you will get offended. You will get bitter. And now you're in sin. Because what happens is, is we mistake because these people are so excited. We think they're excited about us. They're not excited about you. Here's how you can tell if someone is excited about you. Walk into the room and give them some good news that just happened to you. Watch the expression on their face. And if they celebrate with you, they're into you. If they just are kind of like, that, eh, cool, they might be your constituents. Go into a room and share some, something sorrowful. This is something that just, and if they weep with you, they're probably for you. But there are times 
when there are people that we think they're for us. Anybody ever been there before? Because we mistake our constituents for something else, right? We mistake it for our, our excuse me, our, our, yeah, we mistake it for our, our confidants. Oh, there, I messed it up. My bad. You guys are like, I'm confused. First one is confidants, second one is constituents. Yeah. You got me. It's not on there because it just all came to me this morning. Sorry. That's why we're not getting to the notes again. Confidants, first one, constituents, second one. Here's what happens is, is we think these people are, are totally, like, for us. And so all of a sudden, we're like, we're going deep with them. And this is great. This is like Joseph with his brothers. Guys, can I share my dream with you? Yeah, share it. And then you share it, and they're throwing you in a pit. You need those confidants around you. But listen to me, the constituents, if you mistake them for confidants, here's what happens is it breaks your heart. Oh, we're going somewhere. We're doing something. We're going to... And all of a sudden, they leave you. It's quiet in here today. Confidence is your first one, in case you didn't catch that. I, I clearly have no confidence in here because no one said anything. I might be preaching at the wrong church today. I don't know. I'm preaching to a bunch of people who don't even care about me. Man, no one had the decency to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I think that you made a mistake there. No one wanted to call me out and help me out. It's good to be able to make fun of yourself, right? Yeah, you should try it. And lastly, we'll, we'll conclude with this. First, you got your confidants. Those are people, man. They are just, they're there for you. I love, I, I love having these people in my life. Because I think I'm a better person for it. I think the church is a better church for it. Constituents. Listen to me. Constituents are bad. They're not bad. If, if they, if, I, I realize this as a leader. They're not bad people. There's, there's, there's something they're able to do at the church. They're all into the church. All of a sudden, that position is no longer there. They're gone. That's okay. You've got to keep your heart right. You've got to keep your heart right. You've got to understand the relationships that are in your life. Lastly, we'll conclude with this one. First one's confidant. Second one's constituents. The third one, he said, are conrads. Conrads. What are conrads? Conrads are people that they're not, they're, not, they're not for you. They're not into you. They're not even into what you're into. They're against what you're against. So if they can rally with you to fight a greater enemy, they'll do it. Like, you're, you're against that? Me too. Matter of fact, here's the thing. People actually find churches to attend based on this. Oh, you guys are against that? I'm there. We get phone calls like that all the time. Hey, are you against this, this, and that? Like that is a, I just tell them straight up, hey, if that's your first question about the, you're not going to like Canvas. Why? Because we're against people like you. No. Right? Just kidding. People literally discover churches based on that. Oh, they're against that? Me too. Right? You know, they're against this. And so they joined the church. And all of a sudden, it was just a program we were doing for a year. And then we stopped doing it. Like, well, why? why? And then they're gone. They're gone. Here's what we need to understand. Okay? We need to understand the, the people. I'm talking character. 
the people that God has placed in our life, the people that are around us. Listen, if you go back and read through the Bible and you come across a guy named Joseph, read the story and learn. There are people, there are people that are there to help take you to the next level. There are people that God positions in your life that aren't necessarily there to take you to the next level, but God will use them to take you to the next level. But you've got to be able to identify who those people are. And when God is getting ready to take you to the next level, listen to me today. That's why you've got to be a part of a small group. That's why you should come to church on a Sunday morning. Why? Because you are, you are around the church. You are around the called out ones. You are around the ones that are, are separating themselves from the culture and saying, man, we are going after Jesus. And even if it's only for an hour and 15, sorry, an hour and 29 minutes on a Sunday. Even if it's for an hour and 29 minutes, something happens in those moments where you are worshiping together, you are seeking God together, you are learning the word together, and all of a sudden you walk out knowing a little bit more what a Christ follower ought to look like, knowing a little bit more about how a Christ follower ought to live, and then all of a sudden you start to get excited about that, because now you realize there's some areas in your life that need to be tweaked and need to change, and you don't know how to do it, so then you show up at small group. And in small group, your small group leader is like, well, here, let me help you walk through that verse a little bit. Let me help you understand what's happening in your life right now. And all of a sudden, they begin to take you a little bit further. We need to surround ourselves with more of these confidants so that we can get to the next level. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 2. Listen to what it says. We conclude here. And the people, listen to what it says. We don't see in here that Nehemiah instructed them to do it. It says the people separated themselves. In other words, everyone's journey is a little bit different. And only you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, what things and what people you're supposed to separate from so that you can go to the next level in Christ Jesus. Do not spend all your days as a Christ follower cleaning up messes, identify where that drip is coming from, attack the root, and discover true freedom in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.